everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to give our wrap up for the fall movie season. And I am joined by my previewer from earlier uh, and uh, by the movie extraordinaire, David Keeley's here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me again, Rachel. Yeah, thank you. And so David completely creamed me as far as movie watching uh, in this season uh, because I've been a little distracted with my uh, Hallmarkies podcast. Uh, we've had the this weekend will be the uh, the twenty fifth new Hallmark movie. Uh, there's there's four this weekend, and that'll be twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five. <laughs> And it's just the first weekend of December. So it's taken a bit of my uh, movie watching time. Let's just put it that way. So that's my only excuse that I haven't seen a ton of these. But thankfully, David has seen uh, many. And uh, so some of these we'll talk about a lot. And some of these will just briefly give a smile worthy, frown worthy, whatever to them. And so uh, as you're watching, make sure you put uh, in the comment section what you would rank smile worthy or frown worthy. And we're also going to give our individual rankings for the year for these movies. Uh, and so it'll be pretty fun. I'm excited. You excited? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just got movie pass in uh, October. So <laughs> yeah. that definitely boosts my movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not making any money off you or me. <laughs> no. no. Okay. So this is great. Uh, so let's just get started. So the first one we're going to talk about is actually one that I've seen. It's called Viceroy's House, and this is about the uh, last Viceroy of the British ruling ruler, whatever, uh, in India. And it, it it was really pretty good, and it was cool because the director, uh, his uh, or her, I'm not sure actually, can't remember, uh, him or their like family was part of this whole experience, their aunts, you know, her grandmother, grandfather, anyway, she has this like really personal connection to the story. And so at the end, they show like pictures of her family and it was kind of cool. And you could just see that personal experience as part of it. And I'm a huge like Anglophile. I love anything with like British royalty and whatever. So this is right at my, my alley. It had Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey. It had um, Gillian Anderson from, you know, X-Files and whatever. And so I enjoyed it. I would say smile worthy. Okay, I haven't seen this one. I see it has a seventy-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, it's not like the greatest movie ever, but it was enjoyable. House at where is it? I put Viceroy's House at forty-one. So of my ranking, and uh, yeah, so right, right there in the upper quadrant, I guess. <laughs> so it was enjoyable. I have like. A whole group that are I just think are like solid enjoyable films and, and we're going in chronological order as much as possible the next one is Tulip Fever and so you saw this not me yeah I saw this one um, I think we were both kind of looking forward to it from our, our movie preview but um, it looked pretty not, steamy yeah yeah it was a bit steamy it had 10% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> So once I realized that, I went into it uh, with low expectations, and I'm glad I did. Um, <laughs> it has a great cast, but wasted potential. 
mm-hmm. really it reminded me of like Titanic plus Romeo and Juliet um but with a much more convoluted plot um the tulips were kind of like a motif that didn't matter at all so mm-hmm. I don't point of that um <laughs> Carrie Delevingne, she was wasted in the movie. They barely had her in it at all. Judy Dench was uh, not utilized to her full potential. So I was pretty disappointed with it. Um, this one I ranked, just for context, I've seen 114 movies from mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. So I put this at 99. So. Ah, okay. So Tulip Beaver, in case you didn't pick up, is a frown for me. And I've decided <laughs> that this time what I'm going to do is if I gave anything a C minus or below, yeah, um, then it's going to be a frown for me. And I gave this a D. So yeah, frown. that sounds good. That's basically kind of what I do. A film called The Napping Princess that I saw, and this uh, has is really pretty creative. And I think if you're a little kid, then you'll like it. it it's very cute. Uh, but for me, I just found it kind of boring. It didn't quite work for me, even though it is beautiful. It's not terrible, but I would, in the end, give it a frown just because the story just wasn't there for me. Princess, I have at 71. So it's not terrible. It has a certain demographic that will like it, but just for me, I didn't love it. So okay. it has go. a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's fair. That's about right. Okay, next uh, we have Home Again. And this was one that I was actually really excited for because rom-coms have just been so out of fashion the last uh, little while. And I was just hoping that this would be a rom-com that would be returned to form for Reese Witherspoon, who's done some of the best ever, I think, unarguably, in my opinion. And I don't know, I was just, it has, it's uh, Nancy Myers, who I am honestly kind of mixed on. But I was Nancy Meyer's daughter, and so I just was just hopeful that it would be something that we haven't seen in a while from big Hollywood. And I was really disappointed in it, to be honest. It wasn't a romance. It it yeah. was it wasn't. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think the characters were interesting. I thought it was basically like a sitcom, and I did not care about these guys that <laughs> at all. And I, I don't know. I just was, I just thought it was really lame and I was just hoping for something that was romantic from a romantic comedy and it wasn't. And so I definitely, I give it a frown. I was pretty, pretty disappointed by it, even though Reese is, Reese is good. Uh, and so I have it at 95 on my ranking. Okay. See, we're pretty close and I have it at 90. And I made a note that it's a romantic comedy without the romance and without the comedy. Right. So we're on the same page there. Um, Yeah, I just, I thought it was somewhat of an intriguing premise, but executed pretty poorly. Yeah. Um, I felt a little investment in the characters. Yeah. And Candace Bergen was like so, so unlawfully like ill-used. I mean, she's hardly in the movie at all. She could have been a lot of fun. Just... It was it was a letdown for me. I'm glad it did like at least marginally well. So hopefully maybe we'll get some more, some better, because I love the genre. Obviously, I like blog, you know, I podcast about Hallmark. Clearly, it. I did not see it. I chickened out. No, I was really hoping you'd brave it out. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so I loved it. Um, I think it's about as good of a book adaptation as you could get. Um, it was worth seeing twice for me. Mm-hmm. 
in it were just great. They really felt like kids. They didn't feel like uh, kind of the adult uh, version of what we think kids are. They felt like real kids just doing their thing, saying saying things that are natural. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't think it was that scary, which um, for some people that could be disappointing. Uh, but it, w it was still creepy enough that I really enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, it was it was good enough to see twice. So, yeah, it's way up there for me. It's uh, actually my fourth. Oh, awesome. That's great. So the 15th, uh, we have American Assassin. So what do you thought of American Assassin? Yeah, American Assassin was one I was looking forward to based on the trailer. I like Dylan O'Brien. I thought it looked good. But um, then I got a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes, so my expectations were lowered. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it ended up being 91 for me. Um, I was pretty disappointed. It's a movie that takes itself way too seriously. Uh, Dylan O'Brien's uh, girlfriend or fiance is killed at the very beginning. So he's somber and serious throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And it's missing the fun factor and humor that a lot of these type of movies have. And it really, really needed it because it was just serious the whole time. There were good action scenes, but it wasn't enough to make up for it. So you had, where did you have it at? Again? I have it at uh, 91. So it's a C minus and a brown. Yeah. All right. So Mother, that was a controversial one. Yeah. Mother, mother got an F cinema score. So um, that actually made me more intrigued to see it. It had 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. So... I went to see it and I thought it was brilliant. Ah, interesting. We really loved it. Um, so basically, I think that the audiences didn't understand it. It's a very allegorical movie. It has a lot of symbolism. Mm -hmm. and it took me about halfway through the movie to pick up what it was symbolizing. But once you know, it makes it so fascinating. Um, and it's a movie that once... I think you, everybody should watch it once and try to understand what it's representing. Mm -hmm. And then once you know, watch it again, which I did. I watched it twice. I loved it both times. So um, it's actually my third highest movie of the year. Wow. Great. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those divisive ones. Yeah. It's, it's weird for me because, like, I think that you would really appreciate the movie, mm -hmm. but it does get very graphic and violent near the end of the film yeah but i think it's necessary so i don't know interesting yeah i, I it's one of those ones that it, it does sound kind of intriguing but i i didn't end up seeing it but um i i, I didn't do very well in september clearly because we're gonna see so then there was the battle of the sexes which i really want to see but i just I don't know. I can't even remember what was happening in September, but whatever. I missed it. And, but I definitely want to catch up on it. <laughs> what do you think of Battle of the Sexes? Yeah, this is one you need to see. Um, Emma Stone is Billie Jean King. You love to love her. And Steve Carell is Bobby Riggs. You love to hate him, mm -hmm. which is exactly what you want for these adversaries here. Um, really, I think uh, uh, Steve Carell becomes a parody of himself. Uh, with over-the-top sexism throughout the movie mm -hmm. so it just uh, makes it very satisfying when uh, he meets his comeuppance which I'm sure that's 
not a spoiler. People know. Right. It's, it's a historical and, event. So. Yeah. Um, it's about as good of a biopic as you could hope. So I, I'd highly recommend it. Um, I put it at 25 for the year. That's an A minus mm-hmm. for me. So. Yeah, that's one of the ones I can't remember if I had a family thing or whatever. It's, it's sometimes you miss a weekend. We'll see that later with one that really I'm, I'm so sad I haven't seen. But like, you miss a weekend, and then there's like new movies to see, and so like, it it's really hard to sometimes catch up, and that's kind of what happened to me with Battle of the Sexes. But so the next one, <laughs> and we have two more in the row that I didn't see. But Brad Status, and I've heard nothing but great things about this one. What do you think? Okay, well, you're about to hear something else. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like it, huh? No, I mean, it has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. My roommate really liked it, so I, uh-huh. I was good things. I didn't enjoy it. Um, okay. I put it at number 87 for the year. Okay. So, not very great. Not high. What didn't you like? What didn't work for you? Basically, the movie's following this character, Brad, who he's not happy with his social status, I guess. He's middle class to upper class, mm-hmm. but he wants so much more. He wants to be rich like all of his rich friends. He wants to be famous like his famous friends. And he's just not satisfied where he is in his life. He wants his son to go to a prestigious college. And it's just hard for me to relate to this character who has a very good life. Right. And he's complaining because he wants more. Um, it made this character very unlikable for me. First world problems kind of. Yeah, exactly. And there's one point um, in the movie where he's kind of venting to somebody and the person says, well, I, I don't have any sympathy for you because <laughs> things are great in your life. And that was the most emotional response I got. Like I was vigorously nodding my head along with this character. Yeah. So if the protagonist had been more likable, then maybe it would have worked for me. But I just couldn't relate to him at all. Um, Mm-hmm. So he could, no. yeah. And Mike White, he he does tend to write that way, in my opinion, and it can be very hit and miss. I I thought that Beatrice at dinner this year was terrible, and it really made me mad. <laughs> like I, it's just one of those movies that I just got more and more irritated as I was watching it, I'm just like these people. And it was just so like ham fisted in it's like political message. Next was Kingsman Golden Circle. This was a big letdown to a lot of people. It seemed like uh, I didn't see the first one. I haven't seen this one. Okay. Um, I could see how it was a letdown for most people. It wasn't really a letdown for me. It wasn't as good as the first. I love the first. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of 2015. Um, but it, it, di- it didn't match up to that level. But at the same time, it was a lot of fun for me. Some pretty cool action scenes. Um, I like Julianne Moore a lot in it. Um, but the person who stole the show was Elton John. I don't know if you knew that he was in it, but... Uh, I remember hearing that. Yeah, his character, well, he plays himself in it. Anytime he shows up, like, I was cracking up. He's he's great in it. Uh, so I gave it an A-, minus, um, and I have it at 21 for the year. Cool. I saw, this is so exciting. <laughs> I saw the Lego Ninjago movie <laughs> and I, I didn't like it. <laughs> and the one, the, like one of the movies I saw in September, I, actually September was bad for me because I saw Home Again, I saw Lego Ninjago. Um, I, 
I thought the Lego Ninjago, I loved the cat. The cat was hilarious, but I don't, it all felt so derivative to me. And uh, I, I don't know. I just didn't think it was funny. I felt like the um, uh, Darm, Lord Darmigan or whatever his name was, that was such a copycat of like uh, President Business and so many other like villains like that. I felt like it, it, it was like inconsistent. Like, are these characters cool or are they losers or are they whatever? It was, you know, at certain points they were both. And I, I don't know, I just, I didn't think it was visually very inventive except for the cat. I thought it was so hilarious. I thought it was kind of dull and boring and I just, I just didn't really like it. I was disappointing to me that the Lego Ninjago movie ended up at 96 on my ranking. Wow. wow. Yeah. I just didn't think it was very good. I thought it was sort of warmed over ideas that had been done better like in Kung Fu Panda movies. It had been done better in, uh, I don't know, even in like Power Rangers earlier this year was better, similar ideas. I don't know. There's just a lot of different movies I felt had done what they did better, including Lego Movie and Lego Batman Movie. And <laughs> it, I don't know. So that's where I have it, 90 at 96. Okay. Yeah, and I I thought I was being harsh on the movie, but <laughs> you took it to a new level. <laughs> Actually, for the year, and I even made a note though that I should probably lower this in my rankings. Um, I think it's by far the weakest of the Lego movies so far, all three of them. Um, there's too many characters, and in the ensemble, like they don't stand out most of the characters. Mm -hmm. So I think that's bad. It. Um, we didn't have that problem with the other two movies. Like all of the, sure they were more established characters, but you knew who each of them were. Like they stood out personality wise. Yeah. Uh, there were a few good laughs, but the cat, right? Cat was funny. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought the Lloyd thing was funny, but I had already seen it so much in the trailers. Trailer, yeah. So yeah, it was disappointing. I, I put it at a B. Um, but like I said, I, I probably need to lower that in my rankings because it hasn't held up over time. Maybe part of it is that I'm just tougher on, I'm, maybe I'm lenient on animation in certain ways because it's sort of my life, but then I'm also tougher on I'm it when it disappoints. <laughs> I'm tougher on it when it disappoints me in a way, I guess. Creepers 3, what is that? I didn't even heard of that. Oh, really? Okay. No, I didn't even know it came out. <laughs> yeah, well, um, there were two other Jeepers Creepers movies in the early 2000s. Yeah, I'd heard of the franchise. I just didn't know this new um, one came out. Yeah, well, um, 14 years in the making, so I thought it, it might be a good thing finally to happen. But there was a big controversy because I guess it came out that the writer-director had molested somebody, oh, like dear. a person. So the movie kind of got swept under under the rug and it was only released in theaters for one day. Well, then they decided to release it a second day. Um, so I thought that that was the only reason that the studio wasn't pushing this, but then I watched it and I realized, okay, they also weren't pushing it because it's really, really terrible. Um, yeah. That's a, a danger with horror. I feel like particularly there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of good ones, but then there's, yeah, yeah it, it was inconsistent with the other movies. It uh, didn't have any, like, there was nothing redeeming about it. And this is from Ooh. somebody who likes horror movies, even if they're bad sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But this was just bad and not in an entertaining way. It was a big, big letdown for me. Um, 
and I have it at 114 for the year. Yeah, um, bottom, huh? Yep, very bottom. Nice. All right. So, okay. So next we have American Made, and this is one I really want to see, but I I just haven't yet. I heard it's really good. But what did you think? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of Tom Cruise's better recent roles. I think it's uh-huh. a, a crazy story. Like when you realize this is all true, it really happened. Um, uh, it's not a movie that really stuck with me. I liked it at the time, but mm-hmm. it hasn't left a lasting impression with me. So, um, you think I'd uh, like it? I I did like I liked it enough, but I didn't love it. Um, mm-hmm. It's seven for the year for me. That's so. It's not awful, but it's not very good. It's smile worthy. Yeah, I'll give it a smile. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah it it looked good. It was just one I missed. Um, not necessarily my type of movie. Okay, okay. Well, the next one I've actually seen. This is very exciting. Uh, so it's it, this is called Window Horses. This is an obscure animated film, but it's really cool. We actually did a. Uh, uh, Chicks on Flicks uh, podcast about it if anyone's interested uh, but it's really good it's about this woman who this young woman who uh, ends, enter, enters this writes her own book of poetry and she ends up entering this contest that takes her to Iran which uh, to be part of this poetry festival in Iran she's from Canada she's Chinese um, Chinese Persian Canadian whatever and her father uh, was Iranian and left their family when she was little and then her uh, mother passed away. And so going to Iran is like this really spiritual experience for her. And like, it's really cool because it has a really unique artistic style. It's very neat. And also they, they tell all of these sort of legends or famous poetry or whatever uh, intermixed in between her story in Iran and, it was very emotional. It was very personal. It was funny at times. Uh, it's just a lovely little movie. So it's one I'd recommend. Uh, Honey Down is directed by one really cool thing. If you're an animation fan this year is we had three films, all indies, but that were directed by women, uh, which is kind of a big deal, like in animation. That's not that uh, usual, so it's sort of exciting for us. This is directed by a woman named Anne Marie Fleming, and I think she did a really good job. So, this is a good yeah, movie. This, yeah. is, uh, this is the first of three movies that we're talking about that have a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, I have it at number 15 on my ranking, and uh, it's it's really solid. I like 29th uh, was Flatliners. This got I, don't, I was going to see this, but uh, I didn't end up, but man, it got uh, trounced by the critics. <laughs> they did not like this at all. Yeah, this has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of all of the movies we're discussing. It has a 5%. Woo! Um, so yeah, I was, I was really looking forward to this. I thought it looked interesting, but it was pretty disappointing. I think the movie had an identity crisis. It didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be like it had horror elements at times and then it had like these sci-fi elements and I just wanted consistency um well and I heard that there were elements of it that like it felt like a remake but then there were others that it felt like a sequel and so it was sort of muddled that way also well it had 
it had a character from the original movie. Um, Kiefer Sutherland was in it, like, briefly, so. Mm -hmm. So it's a sequel, technically, it's but. Sequel slash reboot? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's confusing. But yeah, they, they wasted a lot of potential here. Like, even one of the best characters they had, they killed off halfway through the movie. So, um, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. Despite that, I still have it at 84. I mean, I was somewhat entertained, mm -hmm. even though I was disappointed. But it's still, it's a frown for me. Yeah. Interesting. So next we have Super Dark Times. I've not heard of this one. Yeah, this movie only was released in 21 theaters. And uh, fortunately, it was released in one of the theaters in my town. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went to check it out. I just heard of it and went to see it without hardly knowing anything about it. Um, it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So mm. that was a good sign. And I actually really love this movie. Um, it's another movie that's it's about um, a group of young boys that are just being young boys and kind of find themselves in this dark situation when uh, things go awry, when they're just being playful. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of reminds me, it's like a mixture of The Good Son. I don't know if you ever saw that. I didn't see it, but I remember hearing about it. Macaulay Culkin? It's like The Good Son meets um, Stranger Things, minus the side. Oh, okay. uh, it just feels very real and natural how these kids act. And it gets very, very intense. Like, mm. um, it's one of the more intense movies I've seen in quite a while. It, I think the last movie where I've been, like, so on the edge of my seat was Nightcrawler. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I highly recommend this when it comes out on DVD. Cool. Which I think it, I think it's coming out on DVD very soon, or it might have already been. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Nineteenth. Cool. That sounds great. And Abdul. So this is another one we've both seen. I was actually really excited for this because I really, I'm, I'm an Anglophile. I love all things British, and I really love Her Majesty Mrs. Brown. Uh, where Judina also plays Queen Victoria, and it was a big disappointment, and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. I thought that it was very patronizing to Abdul and the Indian characters. I thought that it treated them like children, and that annoyed me very much, and I, I don't know. I was just, I thought it was kind of just unpleasant. I didn't enjoy it, like I, and I'm like a huge fan of the genre, obviously. And so, yeah, it was pretty low for me. I didn't like it. Well, um, maybe this is a case of where your ex expectations were because I had pretty low expectations and mm -hmm. I found myself really enjoying it. I think for me, the perfect word to describe the movie is charming, mm -hmm. which I disagree, but just the interaction between these two characters, like it brought a smile to my face. I felt like the plot was a little bit cyclical with, uh, these people coming to the queen saying, hey, you need to get rid of this guy and her defending him. And it just happened over and over and over, yeah. and over throughout the movie. But um, despite that, I thought it was, I thought it was really well made. Mm -hmm. uh, it was so, well made. I'll give you that. Definitely. I mean, Stephen Furrish knows how to make a period piece for sure. I don't know. I just thought they were very patronizing to these Indian characters. And that's what kind of annoyed me the most. Like, look how funny you say things. Isn't that funny? And I'm like, I, I mean, I, I think that might have been 
true to the time. So for people that were <laughs> ignorant to this different culture from them. Yeah. And I thought it I thought it was I thought it was a good thing that it showed Victoria appreciating his his culture and wanting to learn more about it. That mm-hmm. didn't feel patronizing to me, at, at least for her character. So Yeah. Interesting. I disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Uh, <laughs> so I have this in '98. I didn't like it. I was very disappointed. So yeah, there you go. Um, where did you have it? Forty-five. Forty-five. All right. Watch out. Is another one I have not heard of. Okay. Well, this is actually like kind of a holiday movie, but it's it's not a oh, Rachel. Yeah. It's not watch a Rachel that. movie. Exactly. Uh, I would recommend this to most people, but I wouldn't recommend it to you. It's kind of a dark Christmas movie. Okay. It's about a babysitter and this boy that she's babysitting and an intruder comes into the house. um, So they're trying to figure out what's going on and remain safe. So it's a bit dark and there are a lot of twists along the way uh, that keep you guessing. It's not straightforward like you would expect it to be so i thought it was a lot of fun my roommate and i watched it and uh we both really enjoyed it um yeah it it does like it's a pretty hard r rating Mm -hmm. so there's definitely language and uh, drinking and drugs and uh, violence so it's not for the faint of heart but if you can get past that and you'd like kind of uh, funny, dark Christmas movies, like mm-hmm. Krampus, except darker, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it. Um, so this one, I have a 54 for the year. So it's a cool. smile for me. Um, we have Blade Runner 2049. And this, uh, I thought was, uh, it was kind of, <laughs> the first time I saw it, uh, it was kind of a grueling experience because I watched it, like, it was a good experience, but it was very exhausting because I watched the first one, which I admire and I think is good, but it's very, to me, very boring. And then I watched this, it was a marathon. So I watched the Blade Runner and then Blade Runner 2049. So by the time I finished both those movies, I was pretty spent. And, <laughs> um, but I think that this is a significant improvement over the first movie. I really do. I think that it's more interesting. I think that it's a little better paced, although it has some of those issues. Um, it is, uh, I don't know, I just thought it was uh, just better. <laughs> I guess I kind of reached like Blade Runner burnout by the time I'd seen it twice. And I, I had done a whole podcast on Blade Runner. And so I just need like a little bit of a break <laughs> from these movies for a little while, but it's a good movie. I have it very high and uh, it's, it's not like my favorite genre of movies. It's not one I'm going to want to own on DVD, but can't deny that it was a very good movie. And uh, Harris Ford was great in it, I thought. Uh, Jared Leto, mm, I don't know. But I have, I thought Robin Wright was great in it. I had great, other great performances. Ryan Gosling was really good. I liked the hologram woman person. She was good. Um, so I put Blade Runner 2049 at number 19. I have it pretty oh, high. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought vis- visually it's a beautiful movie. Uh, very well made. Mm-hmm. Uh, special effects are great. And that's kind of what the appeal for the first one was too. Like the special effects were way ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, but 
for me, what both movies have in common is the story I really don't care about. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't hook me. And it's kind of a chore for me to watch both of these plot-wise. So, yeah, I was in the theaters watching this, trying my best to stay awake. Um, yeah, yeah, it does have issues. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know. It's a weird one for me to rank because I really admire it. And I think both movies, both, both Blade Runners are, are, are saying interesting things and they have, they're movies you can think about and sort of ponder and, and, uh, and I don't know. I, I, I struggle with my ranking on this one. I really do because I totally get it. It was kind of boring. Right. Um, especially with them two together. And that was, woo! It is ranked at 71 for the year, which yeah. is a C plus. I can't, I can't fault it much more than that. Yeah. Um, but personal preference, it didn't really do much. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. It is, it does what it's trying to do, I think, pretty well, but it could be a little tighter. But I guess maybe I, I did give it a little bit more props just because I do think that it is a step up from the original film. Do you think it's better or do you think it's about the same? Yeah, I think, I think it's better, yeah. Yeah, Roger Deakins deserves the Oscar. Just give it to him. He's deserved it for all these years and it, it is beautiful. <laughs> I don't know anyone could deny that that's amazing cinematography. Loving Vincent, and this is the animated film that was done on all, with all oil paintings and, and it, so this one is a great achievement uh, in that they made this and it is beautiful and it's not a bad movie, but I don't think it's actually a very good movie, unfortunately. And that's hard for me to say because I always try to champion these indie animated films, but the story, and like, I don't mind a movie that has no story and is just like an artistic experience. I can appreciate that, but that's not what this is. This tells a story, but it tells a pretty bad story. And so <laughs> I'd almost wished it, it was just, just these images and it was just like an art piece, like I'm saying. I would have preferred that than this, this story of this guy looking into the death of Vincent van Gogh, really insightful about suicide or mental health or Vincent van Gogh or artistry or painting or anything. And so it's just kind of like this lame episode of Law and Order with these pretty visuals. So In our preview podcast, I was kind of afraid that it would be all visual and not have a story to back it up. And I think I, think I was right. Um, it felt, um, it felt more like a podcast to me. It's a lot of narrations and these characters explaining things. It's just talking, talking, talking. Um, so it's something that if you weren't seeing it and you were just listening to it, it would just seem like any type of serial type podcast. Mm. Uh, that doesn't make for a good movie for me. And I think the novelty of the oil paintings, it wore off quickly. Yeah. Honestly, the, the part that I enjoyed the most was at the very end when it showed the original paintings and next to it, it showed the character in the movie that they based off of the original painting by Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that at least within the past few years, this is the hardest time I've had staying awake during a movie. Um, yeah. So never really it. wasn't really wasn't much um, positive for me other than the achievement like you said 
but this is one of my least favorite movies of the year. I actually gave it an F. Ooh, an yeah, F, huh? Yeah, it's 110 for me. Okay, fair enough. I get it. It, I, I would give it like a C minus, which is disappointing because I was really bored to this, and I just feel like they could have. They were so close, you know, like. It, if they just done a few little things, I think differently and made like a more likable character, like focus, the movie is not about Vincent Van Gogh. Like that could have been interesting. And certainly the end of his life could have been interesting, but this guy going around asking questions, like some investigator that just wasn't interesting and it wasn't good. And like I said, I don't mind artistic movies, but I don't like, like either go all that way for me personally, or like do a good story, like 91, which is pretty disappointing for me. Uh, that's pretty low for, for something I do think is an achievement in a way. So we have the My Little, po My Little Pony, the movie. And I, I think this is finally one that I've seen. Well, I guess we've done a few that I've seen you haven't seen. But I actually really liked it. I thought it was really good. I don't care what Ron Tomato says. I thought that it was charming. I thought it was a sweet story about friendship. I mean, I like these characters and I like this series. And I thought the music was really solid. I liked it has Broadway level professionals, which was so refreshing in like years of musicals that like the singing sucks. And so that was fun. Ty Diggs, Kristen Chenoweth, and all the other singers were good. They had all the original voice cast from the series, which was great. And I don't know, I just thought it was a sweet little story. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the better mainstream animated films of the year. And so I gave My Little Pony, the movie, it's definitely small worthy for me, and it's at 36 on my ranking. I did a full podcast with Paleo Stino, who's like an awesome YouTuber on My Little Pony movie that uh, if you haven't seen it and you like the series, then you want to check out that podcast. Um, so the next was the Florida Project. I did not get to it this week. I tried, but it was only playing at one theater and at like really weird times, so I didn't get to it. Um, but I know it's supposed to be real good. You, you're a big, big fan of the Florida Project? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you I put it at 24 for the year. It's an A- minus for me. Um, I think this is definitely going to be something that's getting um, a lot of award season love, at least mm -hmm. nomination. Um, it almost feels like a documentary. From what I understand, the director, this is his second film, he did a different one called Tangerine. Uh -huh. And like, he will he'll have no problem shooting a film on an iPhone, uh, which part of this movie was shot on an iPhone. Mm -hmm. um, but the acting feels so natural. Like it follows these kids that live in a motel, basically. Um, it just follows their interactions. It's it's really funny. Um, at the same time, it's it's very um, heartbreaking too yeah. at times. So just all of the acting's natural. Willem Dafoe, I I think he's definitely getting an Oscar nomination for best supporting actor. And so far, he's who I would want to see win. Um, mm. My only complaint, though, is that it takes a little while to see where it's going um, plot-wise. Um, 
And then once it does, the stakes get really high. It gets very dramatic. And then I don't think the director had the guts to follow through with the story he created. And it feels like they write, they just basically phoned in an ending instead of facing um, the consequences of what they've built up. Mountain Between Us. This was one of our of our uh, mountain cinematic universe movies that we talked about. Uh, yeah, and this movie is very dopey. It is a very dopey romantic survival story. But luckily for this movie, I like very dopey romantic survival stories. And uh, it's it's I can't really defend it except for the fact that I just thought it was silly and fun kind of and stupid but I enjoyed it and <laughs> so yeah I and it's certainly bolstered by good you know two good actors that are in it but it was basically like a it was basically a lifetime movie which uh, is a step down the little Hallmark movie for me but it was. <laughs> And it was too steamy to be a Hallmark movie. But uh, anyway, I gave, I ended up with this at 63 on my ranking, and I would give it a very marginal smile worthy. If you like this kind of movie, then you'll like it, I think, enough to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was uh, kind of a waste of potential with yeah, the actors. Um, and basically, it was, there was nothing groundbreaking about it. There wasn't no. It was it was fine for me, um, but yeah, I, I thought the romance element was kind of out of left field, and I don't think it did anything to make the movie any better. Yeah, it's not great, but it's just kind of a stupid, silly movie right. for me. <laughs> so where do you... 80, sorry. Yeah, 86 for the year, so... It's a C minus, so I'll give it a front. Okay. It's I not can, awful. I can understand that. Completely. Um, Batman versus Two Face, and this was—I think it only had like a one or two day release in the theaters. Uh, but this is the follow-up to the um, Return of the Cape Crusaders, uh, which was a vintage, classic style Batman '66 uh, movie uh, animated. Uh, with Adam West, Burt Ward, the whole crew, and this is the follow-up, and I thought this was super fun. I I really, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was better than The Cape Crusaders, which I also enjoyed. I loved William Shatner's performance. I thought he did a brilliant job as Two-Face. He was so fun, and got those nuances between the two different sides of Two-Face really well, and you have... Uh, Batman in this sort of conflicted moment, even this Batman of like, well, he likes the good side of Harvey Dent, but he obviously hates Two-Face. It had some good gags, but it wasn't overly reliant on gags. Uh, I, I really I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, and nice to hear Adam West last time as Batman. Right. Yeah, and this is the second movie that we've discussed that has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Of course, I didn't have many reviews, but uh, yeah, I really liked this. I didn't know, I, I didn't know about the Cape Crusader, so I thought this was like a one-time thing, but I, oh, yeah, okay. I really liked how, yeah, I like Burt Ward, Adam West, Julie Newmar, all of that, because I really enjoyed the 60s Batman. I have all of the, all of the uh, episodes on DVD, 
Um, so this was great for someone like me because um, they drew the characters just like they were in the TV show. Like I'm seeing King Tut and I'm like, that's exactly what King Tut looked like in the 60s TV show. Yeah, that was fun. The way they I, brought in some of those characters like that. They have that librarian, the bookworm. That was fun. Right. Yeah, it, it was fun. But at the same time, I felt like it was starting to get too much because there was literally about 10 different Batman villains in this movie. Um, so I felt like at times it lacked direction. Mm. Um, it seemed like it kept jumping to different plots, which overall they were related. Um, but it, I felt it could have been a little bit more focused. But despite that, I really liked, like the winks and nods to uh, Batman fans like myself. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I say I really enjoyed it, but I, I still gave it a C. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's at 73 for me for the year. It's fair. It's fair. 60 on my ranking. And my ranking, so yeah, it's not like the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So, okay. So next, I guess, goodbye, Christopher Robin. And this makes see it, and this is very much a Rachel film. Like, I know you're <laughs> enjoy it. Um, it seems like this is a popular thing to have movies about the uh, origins of, shoot, what's that? Oh, A Christmas Carol. So yeah. it's a but I can absolutely see why this was made into a movie. It's a story worth telling. It has a lot of charm and a lot of heartbreak to it. Um, the two main characters, father and son, um, are both dealing with different things. The father's dealing with his PTSD from the war, and the son is dealing with his newly found fame as Christopher Robin. Um, so it's it's very intriguing, um, well made. I like Donald Gleason a lot. I just figured out that's how you say his name. You don't pronounce the end. Um, but yeah, oh, okay. I, I I would recommend it to um, to movie fans. I gave it a fifty. I mean, sorry, I gave I ranked it at fifty. We have six below Miracle on the Mountain, and this is our second in our Mountain Cinematic Universe, and. I actually think this has a, a lower score, I think, than The Mountain Between Us. But in my opinion, I actually think this is the better movie. It has some major problems. But uh, it, it's, it's, more just, it's more just about him surviving. It's more of a survival movie and doesn't have the dopey romance. So it depends on what you like, I guess. But uh, it does get pretty, pretty grueling at certain points. He actually... Well, never mind. I don't want to gross you out. But there's a pretty gross thing that happens that he does. And uh, he, he goes for it. This Josh Josh uh, Hartnett. He really commits to the role, which I give him credit for. There's definitely some major cringeworthy elements. It's like can't quite decide whether it wants to be a faith-based film or not. Because then there's those kind of more... Definitely, I would not recommend this to like my very sensitive Christian friends. No way. Authentic to the character because he's like, really, there's a so like, there's a scene where he gets uh, pushed like under the water uh, in you know the frozen water and like his bag of like meth, <laughs> he's like floating in the water and instead of like desperately trying to get out of said cold water, he's like grabbing for his <laughs> bag. It's really stupid, but uh, so uh, 
I don't know. There's just some, like, it's, it's just sort of a weird, maybe that's authentic to the character, but it seemed ridiculous to me that, like, he's, like, floating for this, this plastic bag, you know? I actually have Six Below at number 80 on my ranking. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's watchable, but it's messy, if that makes sense. My getting out my comfort zone movie that I was very proud of. I went and saw Happy Death Day on Halloween. And yes, right. And I really liked it. I thought it was super fun. And like people are so grumpy when it comes to horror movies because I thought this was really fun. I thought 47 meters down was really fun. And like, I don't know, (laughs) I guess maybe I should have weird tastes in horror movies because. Have you heard that people don't like it? Because I've mostly heard positive things about it. That's 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, this isn't that high? Yeah, like a bunch of my, like, I guess maybe in YouTube world, a bunch of my YouTube friends were like all grumpy about it. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I just don't watch that many horror movies because to me, it was a good time at the theater. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it would be hard to keep this this kind of premise uh, fresh, you know, because we've seen so many movies like this. Um, but I thought they did a good job. Like this had the whodunit element added to it as well. So you're constantly guessing like, who is it that's killing her? Um, and they had some pretty good twists that uh, kept you guessing along the way. So I really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would yeah. recommend it. I think the trailer yeah. gave a little bit too much away, but oh. besides that, yeah, like, uh, I guess some people saw the twist, but I didn't. And it wasn't an annoying twist. It was just a fun twist. And it was just a good time. It was perfect movie to see on Halloween. Right. So I have it at 43. In my okay. I have it at 34. So pretty close. But I, I like horror more than you. So. Yeah. Marshall, did you see that? Yes, I did. What you think? Um, well, it was less of a biopic than I expected. Um, it's really just about this one case that Thurgood Marshall's working on, um, which actually he's not even the lead lawyer. He's not even allowed to speak in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. So it's really Josh Gad, who's the primary lawyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have Chadwick Boseman helping him out along the way. But it was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's just this one case. So it's it's almost like a long episode of one of those Law and Order shows, um, but it it worked for me. Um, I thought it was a great performance from Josh Gad, especially. Um, nothing groundbreaking, but enjoyable. I'd recommend yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. I need to catch up on that one. I'm ranking for Marshall. Fifty. Fifty. Which Perfect. It's a smile for me. Okay. Cool. So next up with the foreigner. And this was Jackie Chan. And I really thought this would be a bigger hit than it was because I just thought that it would fit that kind of like Liam Neeson sort of action. I thought that Jackie Chan could kind of fit that role with Martin Campbell directing. Like, I don't know. I thought it would do better. And now that I've seen it, I'm surprised that it didn't do better. I thought it was actually pretty solid. I, I, I thought the Pierce Brosnan character didn't go exactly the way that I thought it would in his character. He wasn't just like a, a mole or some, something kind of, there's a little more to him, I thought, than, than you typically see. I think they could have done a better job of developing Jackie Chan's character, making him a little more interesting, but I think it's hard because of the language barrier, you know, for him to like have a lot of dialogue and stuff like that. Uh, but 
Uh, it's definitely it's definitely on the uh, sort of violent side for my taste, uh, but I like that. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I I agree. It's not my type of movie per se. Mm -hmm. I do think Jackie Chan was a bit one note, um, but yeah, it was still entertaining enough. Mm -hmm. um, so I would recommend it to people who like that kind of movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, I, I gave it a C. So just so barely smile worthy. Yeah, smile worthy, but barely for barely. me. Um, it's at eighty three for the year for me. Okay, um, so for me, I have it at fifty nine. We have the cinematic masterpiece of Geostorm. <laughs> um, so for me, I thought. I mean, I did go into this with very low expectations because the trailers were horrific. Uh, the, the first third was super boring and super generic and not fun. The second third I had a little bit of fun with because this plot to, to kill the president is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I thought it was so ridiculous that it made me laugh. And so I enjoyed it. Um, and I think it was intentionally just so silly and just so ridiculous that it was fun. And then the third part was just like disaster porn and I was bored. Um, so overall, not a big fan of Geostorm, but it did have a few moments that I enjoyed. Yeah, for me, it was actually worse than I expected. Because <laughs> um, I thought it would be, like you told me, it, it's fun-ish. Um, did it, I? Oh, I, I gave you bad advice. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think it was that fun, to be honest. Like, I wanted like campy disaster movie. You think Ed Harris was just sort of ridiculous and kind of funny, like I so guess. over the top. That, but still, like <laughs> if you think about it, the main characters, they experienced the disaster once, and it was a lightning storm. Yeah, that's fair. In characters, and this is a spoiler a little bit, but the movie's called Geostorm. Guess what? Geostorm did not happen. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There is very little actual geostorming, if any. Yeah. I mean, well, geostorm is supposed to happen like once the countdown of the whatever. Yeah, it, I, I I don't remember even saying that that it was like it. <laughs> I did think that middle part was was I did think that was, I don't know. I did think that was a little bit fun because like the idea they literally are willing to like kill off millions of people, billions maybe, do in order to become president of the United States. I'm like, surely there has to be a better way. Like, this is the most <laughs> ridiculous premise I've ever heard. And so I, I'm just like, what? <laughs> Who wrote this? But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad. The acting wasn't very good either. And it, it wasn't, I don't know. Like, disaster movies are not my thing to begin with. Even like the good ones are just not my thing typically, but uh, this was this was bad. But just think about this for a minute. Thirteen percent of critics thought this was a good movie. Thirteen percent of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Hmm. What's wrong with that thirteen percent? I don't know. I don't know because yeah, I mean, I can see having campy fun with certain elements of it. I, I really can, but the whole movie, like actually giving it your know, like recommendation, I don't That's understand. Cool. Um, 
So yeah, <laughs> I have it at 114 okay. out of 126, actually, was what I ended up, because I've added two since oh, yeah, we've been yeah. talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, um, so yeah, I have it at 114 in my ranking. It's almost my bottom 10. Okay. Yeah, I have it in 100, at 105, so almost in my bottom 10. Yeah. Actually, that is my bottom 10. Is a silent voice. This is that anime film that I was telling you about. And this is a beautiful movie about it's one of the female directed films I was talking about earlier. Uh, it is an anime film that uh, is about a uh, bullying situation. But it's very creative because it takes the perspective of the bully in this case. And what happens is he, uh, but it's not excusing him in any way. It's just, so it's looking at this character and he is very cruel to this girl, this deaf girl who comes to the school when he's a young child in, uh, in elementary school, basically. And she ends up leaving, moving uh, away. And he ends up getting kind of ostracized after because I don't know, it's just this backlash, I guess, to the way he treated her. And he ends up like going through the sort of repentance process, I guess, trying to become a better person. And as a teenager, he decides to search out for this girl. And they end up having this like weird connection because they're both kind of wounded characters in their own weird way. And it was just a beautiful movie. The, the score is definitely my favorite of the year. Beautiful. This is not for everyone, though. This is not for the casual anime fan. This is because there are a lot of things in it that are sort of specific to people that I think have a little bit of understanding of anime and a little bit of understanding of Japan and sort of their the way they talk and the way they, at least in Japanese movies, what can I say? And I, it's long. So it's just not for everyone. It's two hours, 20 minutes. It, the pacing is definitely a little bit of a problem, but I was just so in love with the animation. I was so in love with the story, the message, the the emotion, and the music. <laughs> and uh, there's it just has some of my most memorable scenes of a movie this year. So I love it, but I I, I flat out would not recommend it to everybody. Have it very high in my ranking at number five wow. for me. I think it's really special. Nice. Is that the highest one so far? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's my highest one so far. Jane, I haven't heard of Jane. Jane, okay, that's actually a documentary um, about Jane Goodall. Oh, okay. You're familiar with her. Yeah. Um, they have this um, never-before-seen footage that basically covers her first several years interacting with chips. Chimps, not chips. Yeah, it shows her eating chips. Um, no, but uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating to see. Like, she's such an iconic... Um, person when it comes to chimpanzees and you're seeing her very first moments out there in the wilderness seeing these chimps and gradually getting closer and closer to them uh, you see her first moments with her um, future husband who came out there mm -hmm. for National Geographic you see her raising her baby it's it's a pretty cool thing that they were able to get all of this footage and build this um, documentary from it. And it's getting a lot of um, a lot of great hype. I would not be surprised if it won an Oscar, to be on 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, nice. Who's the hater? Yeah, one hater. 
Um, yeah, I ranked it at 72 for the year. Nice. Okay. And then Jungle. I also haven't heard of that one. Okay. Um, Jungle is kind of an independent film starring Daniel um, And it's about these three guys who um, go to South America and they decide to go uh, backpacking through the jungle and they end up getting lost. And it's about them trying to survive. Um, and it's based on a true story. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Daniel Radcliffe in these type of independent films like uh, Horn, Swiss Army Man. Those are two of my favorite movies of the decade, to be honest. Wow, okay. It, it was a little bit of a letdown for me. Um, I think it's probably because it was based on a true story, so they were limited with what they could uh, really tell. Uh -huh. So it wasn't as fantastical as a lot of his other more recent films have been. Um, but despite that, it was still pretty good. Uh, it kept my interest. So I gave it a C, and it's at 74 for the year for me. I have only the Brave, and this I did see. And this I thought was really good. It was very emotional. I, I didn't know, I specifically didn't read up on the, you know, the true events before, because so, I wanted to surprise me a little bit, I guess. And uh, I mean, I kind of knew, but I didn't know details. And so uh, it, was, it, was, it was definitely emotional. I thought it was well done, very well acted. Uh, and um, uh, I thought that they did the special effects of the fire very convincingly. It was very impressive. And yeah, I liked it. I think I ranked it at number 29. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, yeah. yeah, just like you, I didn't read up on this. I wanted to go into it not knowing what to expect, really, um, which I think I had fewer expectations than even you did. Uh, one of my friends told me that she was just bawling by the end of the movie. So I, I cried. Did you cry? I didn't, but I don't know why. I, I was still like emotionally touched. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it's a very heartbreaking story, especially there's uh, one scene, I won't give too much away, but there's one scene near the end in a gymnasium. Um, and that part like really tugged at my heart. It's like, wow. Yeah. This is the machismo that a lot of the characters have. And it kind of got grieving, but I guess that's understandable for the, the type of work that they're involved in. They're just a bunch of macho men mm -hmm. trying to be manly and all this. Um, but yeah, and I thought some of the side characters were a little bit uh, hard to distinguish from each other. Mm -hmm. But overall, yeah, uh, I really liked it and I would recommend it. Yeah. So yeah, I had this at 58 for the year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I joked with my friend who I saw it with. I was like, we need to go eat like steak or something after this. Movie. <laughs> very, I agree about the machismo. That's very true. Next, we have the snowman. Snowman got crucified by the critics. What did you think? Okay. Yeah. Snowman had an 8%, uh, which is the second lowest uh, Rotten Tomato score out of all these movies. Yeah. It was extremely disappointing for me. I was hoping it would be the next seven. But uh, it wasn't. It wasn't scary. It wasn't intriguing. Um, there were a lot of inconsistencies. I was bored a lot of the time. Um, Michael Fassbender didn't have the charisma that he usually has. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but Rebecca Ferguson, 
I don't think she's a leading lady. I don't think she has any business being more than a side character. She belongs on TV, if anything. I'm not a fan of hers. Um, so yeah, there wasn't much to like about this movie. Um, I gave it a D minus. So yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's at 108. Yeah, it's weird about Michael Fassbender because he's a very talented actor. We Nobody can deny it, but he's had a bad couple of years, really. I mean, I, I mean, I hated X-Men Apocalypse, but uh, I don't know, just the last couple, he's had a lot of kind of stinkers that he's been a part of, and it's usually not his fault. Right. But yeah, it's kind of weird. Strange. This one I really want to see, but I haven't gotten to see it yet because um, I love the director, Todd Haynes, and it's kind of cool to have a PG-rated live-action film. That's unusual. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's a cute film. Um, it, it feels very much like a book adaptation, though, which could be a good or a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. The dialogue and, and the acting don't always feel natural. It feels like it's dialogue coming from a book that people wouldn't necessarily say. Um, regardless of it was still really interesting to watch these two parallel stories and see the similarities. Um, I guess I should explain that. It's, it's basically following these two deaf children, one in the 1920s, one in the 1970s. Um, but you see how connected they are. And um, it's a really compelling story. So I definitely appreciated it. Um, and I would recommend it. Yeah, it's a good film for people of all ages. So uh, without being too kid friendly, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really want to see it because I, I love the director. So his last movie, Carol, I thought was very good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, okay. Uh, oh, sorry. What did you have? Where did you have that ranked? 63 for the year. So it's a smile. C plus for me. Jigsaw. This one you were pretty excited about, actually. Yeah, I was excited about it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Saw franchise. So, yeah, I was looking forward to this. And I think it's solid. It's solid for fans of Saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it fits well into the franchise. It doesn't really bring anything new, um, which I didn't expect it to. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people had higher expectations, like, it's been seven years since we had a Saw movie. What makes this worth bringing back? Mm. Uh, and there's nothing really that made it worth bringing back, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Objectively, it's not a great film, but it's not bad. Right. But yeah, I put this one at 65 for the year. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Suburbicon. This is, I was going to see this, but then it got to the reviews. I, I don't know, I didn't get out to see it yet, but what do you think? Yeah, this had a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not great, but um, it was disappointing for me. Uh, I really like the Coen brothers. They're my favorite directors, and they they didn't direct this. They wrote it, so I had high expectations just based on that, but I don't think it lived up to what they're capable of. It lacked a lot of the humor and quirkiness that those films had. I was entertained, but I was wanting more. Um, so yeah, I mean George is, George Clooney hasn't directed anything good for a long time, especially his comedies. That was my that was sort of my hesitation going into it. 
because I don't know movies like Leatherheads and stuff. There's not great movies as comedies. Men who stare at goats and I don't know. There's just not great. And so I was nervous about it. And I, to be honest, the Coen Brothers haven't made a movie that I've that well not made, but haven't been involved in a movie that I've really liked since since I Lou and Day with Davis. Uh, and so they're on a bit of a slump. I think they need to. Because I didn't love Hell Caesar. I I didn't like Hell Caesar. I was very disappointed by it. So, I don't know. Where'd you end up uh, ranking this one? Yeah, I put this one at 81. So it's a C, but it's it's just on the edge. So I'll give it a smile, but it's a weak smile. It's more like a man. A weak smile. Okay. Oh, thank you for your service. What'd you think of this? Okay. um, Objectively, it's a good film. Um, I think it's an important film. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of light on PTSD that these soldiers are going through. Um, and I actually saw this all on Veterans Day, coincidentally. Oh, that's cool. I just saw it and I was like, oh yeah, it's Veterans Day. Um, but I think it could have used some levity. Um, it was pretty somber and serious throughout the whole movie, which, I mean, it's understandable. But um, yeah, I didn't even realize it was completely based on real people until the very end. I thought it was just kind of in, like vaguely inspired mm-hmm. by uh, situations people have gone through, but it's about real life people. So uh, the performances were solid. There's not a lot negative that I can say about it, but at the same time, it's not a movie I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a C minus. Okay. It's at 85 for the year. So that's sort of your 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 line in the sand there. It's like eighty fours, just barely fresh, uh, very smiley. Um, so yeah, I, I I didn't get to see this one. Did you like? Did you see Megan Levy this year? I was just curious what you thought of that. I actually thought that was pretty good. Enjoyed it. Uh, it, was, it was one of those few PTSD sort of type movies. But I thought did it well. It wasn't heavy-handed. It wasn't too messaging. It was just about this woman and her dog. So it was, I thought it was good. Amityville, The Awakening. I didn't even hear about this one either. Oh, really? No. Um, I didn't see ads well, for it or anything. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the trailer for this in the theaters about three years ago. <laughs> so it's been a long time, like, coming. <laughs> this usually doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah. So it's been delayed and delayed and delayed, and it's finally been released. Um, was it an awakening? No, it, there was nothing new. I've seen, <laughs> I've only seen the Ryan Reynolds remake of Amityville Horror, so okay. I'm not as familiar with the other movies, but this didn't bring anything new based on the one I've seen. Um, it was a little bit more meta. Like mm-hmm. at one, one of the characters has all of the DVDs of the Amityville horror movies. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) they don't even, they need to stay away from that house. Yeah. That's that's the lesson. So it wasn't very scary. It wasn't very entertaining. So I put it 106 for the year. Okay. Brown. Yeah. (laughs) Minus. Okay. And, uh, then a bad mom's Christmas. Okay, um, I really liked a bad mom or bad moms, uh, so I had high hopes for this. Um, I was a bit disappointed with that. It's weird. We're gonna 
get to daddy's home too uh, in a little bit and i really compare these in different ways yeah um, um yeah it it had its funny moments it's it's very crude like the first one so don't watch it um that's yes. great not to anybody else watch it, but, um, <laughs> yeah it, i think it, it kind of wasted potential a little bit here um there, there's not a lot that I can say about it, really. Uh, I did enjoy it. I'm, I'm underselling it, really, just because mm -hmm. I was let down based on my expectations. But I still enjoyed it enough to give it a C plus. Um, it's a 64 for the year for me. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so next we have Lady Bird, which I did get to see this week, and it's a good movie. I liked it. I don't think it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Um, it's no Juno for me, but I did like it. I thought it was good, good performances. I kind of wish that uh, that the movie had been about the mom. I thought she was the most interesting character. I, I really thought Laurie Metcalf was tremendous in the role. Um, I, I liked all the performances pretty much except for one. The only character that I was just like, oh, was the second boyfriend character. Because I love Lucas Hedges in this. I thought he was great as the first boyfriend. Um, he was wonderful. And he's a great young actor. I've liked him. I liked him in Manchester by the Sea. I liked him in uh, Three Billboards, which I, I, we'll have an interesting discussion about that. Um, and then in this, uh, he's great. He's just a great actor, I think. Very good. And... Um, I think it has some definite true moments. I think the script is pretty good. Um, these kind of super sullen, uh, angsty teenage movies are kind of uncomfortable for me because it was totally me in high school. And I always feel like, after I watch them, I always feel like calling my mom and being like, I'm sorry. You wouldn't never guess it, I guess now. But I, my mom had two babies when I was in high school. And uh, it was very, I didn't like it. <laughs> And I was pretty grumpy <laughs> and, um, you know, always having to, uh, having to deal with babies and, and all that stuff. And it was just not my thing. And I wanted to get out and I wanted to leave. And it was also kind of funny for me, this movie, because it was set in Sacramento where my parents moved just after I graduated from high school. And so I've been to a lot of the stuff. I've been to the Tower Theater. I've been to a lot of the stuff in the movie, which was fun. And... <clears throat> Yeah, my only real flaws, I do think it uh, it should have ended at the airport, I think, going on. I thought that was anti a little anticlimactic. Like, that was, like, the perfect ending, I think, is her leaving for college. Uh, I would have ended it there. And the second boyfriend was just, like, bleh to me. I, he did nothing for me. He was very bland and boring. The second boyfriend some Oscar buttons. You know that, right? Him? For this role? Or call me by your name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure that's a great. I really want to see that. Uh, but just in this role, I thought compared to the Lucas Hedges character, which was so great, I guess it was a little bit like, what is she doing with this loser? And uh, he was just he wasn't like interesting enough as a bad, like as sort of a, 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 a destructive character. He was just like dumb and I didn't like him. Uh, so anyway, but she's great. She's amazing. Uh, the music was really good. Uh, it was just, it was very, it was very entertaining for me. Um, even if I didn't think it was like the greatest movie I've ever seen. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, this is our third movie that has a 100%, uh, which apparently it's the best re uh, best reviewed movie of all time, according to Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I think I liked it more than you. Um, I thought a lot of the characters were relatable, not necessarily that I could relate to them, but I could see that almost anybody watching this movie could find a character that they relate to, mm -hmm. which is a sign of a, of a solid movie. Um, it was very funny to me, like very quickly. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I liked, I liked everything about it. Um, Did you buy that she would become friends with this popular girl? That seemed like very against everything her character had been developed to be up to that point. Like that just came out of like, what? Where did that come from? I did not buy it. That makes sense. I, mm -hmm. it, it didn't raise any red flags or alarms for me that that happened. Um, so it's it's weird for me. I don't have anything bad to say about this movie at all. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not at the top of my list. Um, oh. I know my roommate has this at number three for the year. But for me, I put it at, um, let's see here, 14. Mm, so it's okay. really good. And I think it, I think it will be worthy of all the accolades it will get during award season coming up but uh yeah i i have it at 26. they're pretty high i like it um and i agree i think it is worthy of the accolades it will achieve my friend Dahmer. you saw that i did not i did yeah um yeah i saw my friend Dahmer in kentucky uh luckily I was visiting for Thanksgiving and there was a theater playing it because it didn't come to where I live. So. Oh, okay. Um, it's an interesting movie. It, it didn't feel like it really had a point, like other than just to show what, what Jeffrey Dahmer was like as a teenager, um, which he was a very interesting person. I think the acting in it's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely kept me entertained. My sister really liked it. Um, but I gave it a C plus. It's at 66 for the year for me. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting movie to see over Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Not on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. But it, like I said, it's him as a teenager, so it's before any murder it actually ends with him meeting the first person he murders okay all right uh so then the killing of a sacred deer okay i was very skeptical about what well, i had a roller coaster i was really <laughs> excited about this movie when i first saw the trailer did you love the lobster that was the thing when i found out afterwards oh this is by the same director who did the lobster then my expectations dropped <laughs> okay <laughs> I didn't like lobster. I didn't like it either. He, this director has a style. He has people like deliver their lines. As, it sounds like they're going through a run through of the script, the way they read their lines. It sounds uh -huh. like they're reading their lines and they're kind of deadpan in their delivery. And this movie started out that same way. So I was already sitting in my chair, like upset. I'm like, this, this is going to be another one of these freaking movies that it's just gonna annoy me the way they're mm -hmm. delivering the lines. Yeah. But I, 
I eventually stopped noticing that. I don't know if it changed at all. Um, but once I realized what the plot was, because the trailers were pretty vague, but once I realized what the stakes were, I was enthralled. Mm. Like, um, it gets it gets very intense. Um, it's a movie about revenge, really. Um, and it's not based on in reality at all, like The Lobster. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's just a movie that will keep you like waiting to see what's gonna happen next. What's gonna happen next? Um, so yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Um, I gave it an A minus. It's eighteen. Mm. So yeah, I loved it. It's it's violent. Um, it's darker than The Lobster. So it might not be for everybody. I don't think it's necessarily for you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I interesting just, to hear because, like I said, I just, I don't know. I just thought The Lobster was also very repetitive and it would have been like great as like a uh, Twilight Zone episode, you know, like 30 minutes, 45 minutes maybe. But like as a feature film, I was just like, oh my gosh, I get it. I understand what you're saying. By the end, I was just like very frustrated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get it. Loneliness is a thing. I understand. <laughs> yeah, there's not much more I can say about the movie without giving too much away because okay. I think it's more effective if you go into it not knowing what's it, what what the stakes are really. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so next we had Last Flag Flying. This is the uh, latest Richard Linklater film. I'm a big fan of his. I know you're not, but I was. And I liked this movie. It's solid. I think for people that typically don't like Richard Linklater, I think that they will be more engaged in this than maybe his other more uh, meandering films that I like. Uh, but uh, my only problem with this, because it's definitely more of like a traditional narrative and the performances are really good, especially Steve Carell is very good in it. Uh, but I felt like it was missing some of the Richard Linklater dialogue, which is what I love about him, the way that he writes his characters. And I didn't love the Brian Cranston character. He was a little much for me. Uh, he was sort of, and, he, and Richard Linklater does typically have these sort of dude characters, you know, that are like these machismo type characters in a lot of his movies. I get that. But I don't know, like for whatever reason, I just found him a little much and I, I struggled with his character. He, and um but it's a good movie i liked it and not one of my favorite of his but i think for some people it might actually be a favorite depending on how you feel about his other movies so i have last time flying at 57. okay yeah so we have thor ragnarok and i loved it i thought it was hilarious i loved loki i loved Thor, I loved Hulk, I loved Valkyrie, was amazing. I thought that it was uh, just the best comedy of the year. I really liked it. And other people are like, oh, it's just a silly movie. I'm like, yeah, it's a good comedy, hello. And I, I didn't feel like it was like wedged in, like the way I did with Guardians 2. I felt like it was just consistently the same tone the whole movie. And I really liked it. My only flaws with the movie is that I thought that some of the special effects looked pretty bad. Like I thought that giant wolf thing looked terrible. And there are a few other little things that I didn't like. Uh, but 
uh, for the most part, I was just thoroughly entertained. And I I've also seen it twice. I think it might be in my top three of these Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, um, alongside with the first Guardians of the Galaxy and the first Iron Man. Um, so yeah, I was really yeah. impressed. It, it was hilarious. I loved all the new side characters. My favorite, I can't remember his name, was the big rock guy. Oh yeah, Korg. Korg, I think. Yeah, anytime he said anything, I was cracking up. Hilarious. So. And that's the director. Yeah, it is. It's the director. It was so funny. I, yeah. yeah. His voice sounds so familiar, and then I looked him up, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know him, but he's the director. But yeah, uh, there's nothing bad about this movie at all. Um, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it deserves higher, personally. Um, so yeah, I'd highly recommend this in case anybody hasn't seen it. Yeah, like how dare Marvel make a funny comedy? Like what a horrible <laughs> thing to do. Now, I loved it. I mean, I am a huge Loki and Thor fan. I love them. I like, I, I enjoyed the other two Thor movies, but this is my favorite. I really, I mean, I really liked the first one quite a bit. This is totally different. But I also, like, I didn't like the way so many people in their reviews were like, oh my gosh, so much better than all the others, because I liked the others quite a bit. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I was just thoroughly entertained, and that's the job of these kind of movies, in my opinion. They're supposed to entertain you, and I was entertained. So, <laughs> um, so I have Thor Ragnarok at 13. Okay, I have it at 11, so we're nice. pretty close there. Yeah, Pokemon, I choose you, and this is the latest Pokemon movie. I am not a Pokemon expert, I would say, but this was a, it has some controversial things that, like, the fandom is all upset about, because there's a point where the Pikachu actually talks, but it's in, like, it's in, like, a dream segment. I mean, come on, people, but, like, and it's just, like, one tiny little part of the movie. Like, it's not through the whole movie. Anyway, so there's some controversy with it, uh, but I thought it was okay. It's, it's, it's beautifully animated and it's fun, I think, but it was pretty slow at points. I got a little sleepy, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and so I have Pokemon, I choose you, at 68 in my ranking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know anything about Pokemon, so. Yeah. I didn't okay. I didn't <laughs> so then we have daddy's home 2 i have not seen the first daddy's home uh and the trailer i thought was just i hated the trailer for this movie and it had some funny parts particularly i think at the beginning it was it was more i don't think oh my gosh is this is gonna be like a good movie and then it lost me <laughs> once they go off to that cabin or whatever i don't know it just, it wasn't funny to me anymore. And I just got kind of bored. And I don't know, I didn't really, I mean, I love a Christmas movie, clearly. Uh, so I was getting kind of like, and I don't know, Mel Gibson was a little much for me. He was a little awful and a horrible person. Um, and that, that had some funny jokes at first, but after a while, you're just like, you're just being a, a jerk. Like you're being a total jerk. And uh, that wasn't really that funny for me. And uh, so, yeah, in the end, I have this at 107. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I said that I compare this to a bad mom's Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's because I really follow pretty much the same story with 
um, these people, their parents come to visit for Christmas. There's lots of conflict and both movies end with the grandparents uh, going on a trip to Las Vegas. Oh yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But I think the difference with this and a bad mom's Christmas is that I had pretty low expectations for this. Uh And I actually found myself entertained. I did laugh quite a bit. Um, I thought it was a cute film, um, nothing great, but I still gave it a C plus. It's at 69 for the year for me. Okay. I can see that. Cause like I said, the first, especially the first part, I was like actually getting a little bit excited. I was like, well, this is gonna be a fun. I really like John Lithgow in it too. Yeah. Yeah, did you think Mel Gibson was a little much though? Yeah, I, I, I didn't buy I don't know. I didn't buy the, his whole character. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you're a horrible human being. Like, what is wrong with you? Um, I mean, I'm saying about the character. I, <laughs> maybe possibly the actor as well. But anyway. But, um, okay. So <laughs> then we had Murder on the Orient Express. This was in my top 10 most anticipated of the year. I love the book. I love the original film. And uh, this was a disappointment. This was a big disappointment for me. I thought this movie was kind of not very good. I, it looks pretty, great cast. Um, and I think that there's potential in Brana's uh, Hercule Perot character that he was pretty funny, especially like the, the very first scene before he gets on the train. That was like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, this is really fun. Like him figuring out this, this case, you know, before he gets on the train. And then it just became so expository and really boring. I thought this movie was dull. And it wasn't like, it wasn't an engaging mystery. It's not like they showed like, here's this clue and like, oh, here's how it might, here's what might be a potential part of that clue. And I think part of the problem is that they focus too much on this other case in America that's part of the story. And, and the problem with that is that it becomes a lot of explaining. And there's literally the last 20 minutes of this movie is like all of the characters sitting down at this long table and him just talking for the whole, just talking. And it's like, this is so boring. And I, I I was, I was really let down. I didn't think it was good. And so I have murder on the Orient express at 99 ranking. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um, see, I, I think I benefited from never reading the book, not seeing the original movie, and not knowing anything about how it ended. Um, so that definitely helped me appreciate this movie because I thought the twist was like very unexpected and I really appreciated it. Um, there were points like probably halfway through the movie where I was slightly bored, but with such a good cast, um, I, I thought the performances were pretty uh, strong um, and I don't have much bad to say about it. I actually really enjoyed it. I gave it a B plus. Okay. For the year for me. What did you say for you? 32. Okay, cool. And we have the three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And <laughs> 
So I'm not the biggest fan of dark comedy. So I'll put that out there in general. The worst movie I've ever seen is a dark comedy. And I hate it. Drop Dead Gorgeous. It was horrible. Um, so it's general, not my genre. <laughs> but there are a few exceptions that I like. Uh, but I didn't love this movie. And I know it's like super unpopular opinion. But I found there was just, I feel like the, the dark comedies that I get invested in, like something like A Brother Where Art Thou or um, uh, other Coen <laughs> uh, Brothers kind of movies. I felt like this was trying to be Fargo, but to me it was like Fargo light. And like the thing that's great about Fargo is that Fargo has Margie, which is one of the most compelling, interesting, warm, lovable, great characters ever written in my opinion. And Francis McDermott, it, all the acting is good in this. But I just found, like, I just found everybody so unlikable and so, like, I, to me, I said in my review on my blog that I felt like this movie was very voyeuristic and that, like, there's all of these people that are very, like, angry and upset. And I'm not saying they don't have right to be upset about, uh, you know, middle, middle America and the people who elected Donald Trump. They're very upset with that. And I get it. But I, I've seen a couple movies, I feel like, this year where I feel like they're getting some, the, the, the sort of the filmmakers and maybe even some of the viewers are getting this sort of, this sort of glee out of seeing like Trump sort of voters, middle America getting like attacked and getting beaten down and getting like that somehow like they're, they're so angry and they want to like get this sort of revenge on this, this group of people, middle America. And so, like, there's literally scenes where the lead character you're supposed to like, like, kicks teenagers in the groin, like, I don't know, and, and like, she attacks a, 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 sh a sheriff station, um, and that's supposed to be charming, I guess, I don't know. There's a scene where a character goes and throws a gay man out of a window and beats him to, like, a bloody pulp for no reason, and I was just like, and I guess that was supposed to be funny, but I found it kind of hateful and I didn't, I don't know. The only character that I really liked in this movie was the Peter Dinklage character because I feel like he was the only one that called everyone out on their crap. Everyone else loves it. I didn't love it. Sorry. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Um, so I, I've actually seen this twice. I watched it again last night. Um, I think that your perception of what type of movie it's supposed to be is not my perception. I think it's mostly a drama with oh, interesting. moments I don't find it as a dark comedy so okay. the things you were talking about that you thought were supposed to be funny I don't think they're supposed to be funny like I heard gasps in the audience when um, this guy is thrown out of the window and beaten up you're not supposed to laugh at that um, it's supposed to be like a very heavy movie about um, a, a topic that's, that's topical for lack of a better word maybe it was partly because my theater was like super boisterously laughing. So that may have like given me the wrong impression. Uh, but my theater was laughing a lot. And I, the stuff that I was just like, what? They didn't laugh at the violent parts like that, did they? Some of the violent parts. Yeah. They laughed. I can't remember if they laughed at the, at the, um, at the window part, but a lot of the parts that like you're, I don't know. So maybe that might've also affected sort of my feeling like, boy, I'm missing something in this comedy thing because I'm just not, I'm not getting it. <laughs> so I was with a pretty boisterous crowd that was. The main character, Mildred, I thought, she, I don't want to say she was one note 
because there were different facets to her. But for me, like, even when she was angry, which was most of the movie, mm-hmm. she still had this charm to her. So I really like, like, that's who I would give the Oscar to for Best Actress so far mm-hmm. out of any movie I've seen. Okay. Um, what's interesting is uh, yesterday when I went to see this um, at our local art house theater, mm-hmm. um, the person came out, they, they usually come out, uh, somebody who works there, and they will introduce the movie and talk about upcoming movies. Um, but she mentioned the fact that Sam Rockwell mm-hmm. to uh, train for his role. He came to my town, Springfield, Missouri, and studied people here and did a ride along with police officers here. So it was interesting to watch that and think, oh, is this his perception of cops in Springfield, Missouri? Um, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just felt like it was sort of an attempt to kind of assault people in that part of the world and sort of uh and sort of attack them because they're angry at what they believe and they're angry at what they did and uh, i don't know that's just and it's like a similar feeling that i got with beatrice at dinner i personally think that you're politicizing it more than it was intended to be okay. for me anger is about the fact that her daughter was murdered and she doesn't feel like anybody cares okay. i don't i don't think it has anything to do with the election maybe Maybe the director, maybe the cast have their feelings about it. But mm-hmm. for me, her could have been Republican as well, like for all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, my main issues were, with it were that um, I thought it was a bit heavy-handed with its message of compassion and forgiveness. And it felt a bit forced upon the viewer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still really enjoyed this movie, and I liked how it ended. You liked the ending? Um, so I put this at number six for the year. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we definitely really disagree on this, but like I said, I've been willing to see it again from a different perspective, uh, and try it again. Um, and I'll have to put my blog, uh, in actually pretty proud of my blog on this one. I think it was pretty well written. So I'll put my link, a link down if people want to check that out. Um, I have it at 95. So we're definitely on different pages than this one. I was, uh, but, um, but uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, I do like, I love Lucas Hedges in this again. He's just great. I think he's a great young actor. So this little movie called uh, this, I was, uh, this is another blog. I'm very proud of, um, this movie called son of Bigfoot, because this is an animated film that if you just see like it, uh, on uh, Redbox or whatever, you'd probably be like, that looks like a terrible movie, but I gave it a shot and I, really liked it. It's not like the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it was solid. It was well done. The animation was good. It had a good message. It, uh, it was, uh, it was, it, it didn't have any like celebrity voices, which was actually really refreshing and really nice. And it had like a heartwarming story. It had a good story. It's basically about this kid that he is, he has this like super bushy hair he has a single mom and, uh, and there's just this mysteriousness about his dad. He thinks his dad is dead. And obviously it's called the son of Bigfoot. So it's not like a huge spoiler, but like he ends up finding these like letters from his dad to his mom. And he's like, what's going on? And so he goes out into the forest and he, uh, he ends up finding his dad. This like this mysterious Bigfoot character, whatever. And so he's trying to figure out what's, 
going on with his dad and why he is became Bigfoot and you know all the things and it, it does have sort of a a kind of a lame like sniveling corporate villain um, and there's sort of a bully plotline that doesn't work but I really liked it I liked the music was really good in it it had it it was just I liked it a lot and it was just such a cool experience because I always love it because I feel like so often on my blog or on my channel I'm like kind of your critics and so you have to be sort of critical of certain things and so this was so exciting to just feel like i'm introducing this thing to you that you probably would just judge but i'm like gonna you know you you feel like you're doing something good you're celebrating something you're introducing people to something and i really liked it i gave it it's number 23 on my ranking league <laughs> it's an epic release um justice league i have not liked uh, any of the movies in the DCU except for Wonder Woman, which I loved. And so I was going to this nervous. Um, and I actually, like, it's a hot mess. Like, the visuals are a hot mess. The story, the plot are a hot mess. It's not a good movie. I can't say it's a good movie. But I was entertained enough by it. And I was so happy with Superman in this movie because I am not like Superman in this DCU at all. I really was like depressed for a week after seeing Man of Steel and I was very depressed after they killed Superman. That made me very angry. And he's just been like so like mopey and awful and like like not Superman. He's and so when he in this movie when he like gets up there and he's like I am fighting for truth and justice. I was like Yes! <laughs> I mean, I literally, like, like cheered. Like, I, like yes! Because that's what I've been wanting all this time, and it was so exciting. So, like, I don't know. I liked it more than most, I guess, but I didn't. I admit that it's not, like, a good movie, but Geek is at 62 in my ranking. What about you? Okay. Um, well... It's funny because I feel like I'm going to be more critical of it than you are, but yeah. I actually have it ranked higher than you. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and say I have it at 52, which is a B minus for me. Okay. Um, I've always been more of a DC person, so I've been rooting for these movies, even though they've been disappointing. Um, mm -hmm. I actually think there was a lot wrong with this. Yeah, um, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, most of the characters didn't work for me. Like, I liked Batman in Batman uh, versus Superman. I thought he was one of the best parts. He was one of the worst parts of this movie. Yeah, he was. Um, Justice League, it had a lot that I was disappointed in. I, I didn't like Batman this time. I liked him in Batman versus Superman, but it felt like Ben Affleck didn't want to be in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought Wonder Woman was disappointing this time, and I don't blame uh, the actress, I just don't think she was given much. I I didn't see what you saw about Superman. I thought, um, first of all, I thought his mouth was very distracting, and I couldn't figure out why for the longest time. Like, what's wrong with his mouth? Why does it look? And then yeah. I figured out afterwards that he had a mustache, which they digitally removed in post production. So I was like, oh, okay. But he was a way more positive character, though, like, than had been seen in the past. Didn't you think? You didn't think it was 
Uh, sure, but I, I don't know that that's what I needed or wanted from him. I needed it very bad. <laughs> I guess it shows how much I detested his character in these other ones, personally. So it meant a lot to me. I was actually like crying. When he said truth and justice, I was just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was so excited. That's Superman. Superman's truth and justice in the American way. That's who the character is. And uh, so this mopey, like, ugh. Like, I just hated, I hated Superman in these movies. So, uh, so I was very excited about that. But I get it. You know, I understand. The movie is very flawed. So I... Parts of the movie where Ezra Miller is a Flash. Yeah, he was fun. Momoa is Aquaman, uh, which I'm really excited about Aquaman after watching this movie. Really? See, so he was he was fine. He was good, but I thought he was way underused. But I thought the scenes in Atlantia mm, make me nervous about Aquaman okay. because. Yep. But, um, gosh, who who is it that's directing Aquaman? James oh, Wan. That's right. He's already come out and said that he's not going to do things the way. Oh, I'm. good. Okay, that's good because so. they have to like make a bubble to talk. You're like, what? That's not, not going to happen in Aquaman. Okay, good. Because I'm like, oh. they live under the water. Like, how does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, good. But yeah, the worst part of the film was the villain. Yeah, it it just looked like a video game villain, you know? Yeah. I didn't like the CGI. Why do they have to rely so much on CGI? That was Zack Snyder. I mean, the special effects and the action scenes in this movie were Zack Snyder. And also, like, the color palette was very Zack Snyder, very orange and gray. And, and um, yeah, and it was really bad. It looked terrible. And there were some yeah. green screen things that you're just like, $300 million. You went $300 million. It felt like everything was green screen, even the things that they could have used, like yeah. a normal, like the back cave looked green screen to me. The whole thing yeah. did. Yeah, like I, it, it, there were a lot of people that gave Wonder Woman crap for the final battle CGI mess, um, and I get it; it wasn't great. But like, I was so emotionally invested in the story and in her growth that I didn't care. But. <laughs> Like, this is way worse than that. But, like, actually, I don't know if it's necessarily way worse than that. They both look pretty bad. But uh, this is just throughout the whole movie, where that's, like, at least just the end, you know, a little bit at the end. This is the whole movie. The special effects were great. I've heard great things. What did you think? I'm yeah, I had heard great things, too. Um, people are already uh, talking about an Oscar for Mary J. Blige. So I went into this with high expectation, and I think mm -hmm. the theme of this podcast is <laughs> if you have high expectations, you're going to be disappointed. So I was a little disappointed. Okay. Um, Secret to happiness in life, low expectations. Right, right. It just didn't feel like it brought anything that I haven't seen in this type of movie a million times. Um, yeah. There were characters that I really, really hated, which... I guess that's a good thing, but at the same time, I don't want to hate somebody so much that it's like taking away from me enjoying the film, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think Mary J. Blige was anything spectacular. She did a fine job. She did, she did her job as this character, as this character that didn't have a very demanding role. I don't understand 
at all how she is getting Oscar votes. It was just a fine performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard for me to say that this is a bad movie because it's not. It just didn't do a ton for me. Yeah. Um, I still gave it a B and I gave it a 49 or it's a 49. 49. Okay. Um, I'll have to check it out. Uh, so then next we have Roman J. Israel Esquire, the Denzel role. Do you know that Denzel Washington has only had three movies over 85% on the tomato meter? Isn't that surprising? Oh, wow. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was on a game show and I got that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, what do you think of Roman J. Israel Esquire? Okay, this is an interesting movie. This is a, by the same director and writer that did Nightcrawler. I'm not sure if you saw that. I know. Oh, Nightcrawler, I freaking love. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was hoping that this would be good, but I saw that everything I read said it's not as good as Nightcrawler. So mm-hmm. I knew not to have that high of expectations. Yeah. Still, when I went into it, it didn't take me long to realize that the character of Roman J. Israel Esquire is quite possibly one of the most complex characters I've ever seen in a film. Oh, okay. Um, what the writers did with this character and what Denzel did with it is so great. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason in my mind that Denzel Washington should, shouldn't be nominated for an Oscar for this role. I think it's his best role he's ever done by far. But he's not getting any Oscar hype. And I think that's because of the movie as a whole. Roman J. Israel Esquire, the character, is so much bigger than Roman J. Israel Esquire, the movie. Mm. Uh, The plot that they came up with was way too small for this character. And that's that's what was disappointing for me. Okay. Uh, I gave it a C plus, and that's mostly because anytime Roman was talking um, or you were just seeing him react, it's enthralling. Like, it's a masterclass performance, I would say. All of my friends left saying the same thing. We didn't love the movie, but we mm-hmm. loved what Denzel Washington did. So I think it's worth watching just to see how good of an actor Denzel Washington is. Um, so I would still recommend it. I put it at 61 for the year. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Sometimes that happens. Uh, so the next one is Wonder, and I have a little bit of an unpopular opinion on this. Uh, so I should love this movie because I, I was a bully victim uh, as a child, something I very relate to, but I think it maybe in a way, like when something is so personally connected to your life, like, Maybe you you scrutinize it a little bit more. Like you maybe find it even harder to relate to than maybe other people. I don't know. But like, I didn't love the book. I thought the book was very, eh. And uh, they are very true to the book. And so I had problems with Augie as a character because I felt like he was very like, I thought he was very like placated too in a way that wasn't necessarily the most healthy. Like he is very sensitive to the lightest thing. And I get that like, it's tough cause I experienced it myself, but like I did feel there was one scene where the, 
we're the sisters, like everything in the world is not about you. And I, I felt like, oh my gosh, thank you. Somebody said it. Because like, just because you have special needs doesn't mean that you're better than everybody else and that you should be treated extra great. Like you should be wanted to be treated like everyone else. And I felt like this movie expected him to be treated better than everybody else. And they even at the end, I didn't see any reason why he deserved that award at the end more than any other kid. In fact, I think like these, I felt like everyone went out of their way to be nice to Augie, except for a couple characters, uh, like the school administration. They even had like these kids take off their summer break to give him a special tour of the school and make him especially welcome. And like, I think in a way, like some of those kids that were nice to him and reached out to him were like more deserving of the award than Augie was <laughs> with this movie because it's supposed to be all just loving and wonderful and nice and, and it does have lovely moments. And I thought this, this sister was way more interesting and a way better character. And I loved her performance and I wish the movie had been about her. I thought her little romance was great. Um, I actually liked both. Owen Wilson and Julie Roberts as the parents. I thought they were good. Um, but I don't know, it just bugged me. I felt like, again, I felt like he was getting, they expected him to be treated better than everybody else when I think the goal should be to treat everybody like everybody. Everybody should be treated the same. Okay, well, first of all, you are being the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I disagree with you on a lot of things. Okay. Um, sure, sure, they were placating him a lot. They were coddling him a lot. But I think that's realistic to what would happen with that type of person. Like, they would need to be coddled a lot. I've seen people who, in real life, who have much less to worry about in their life that are still being coddled and protected from the world. Um, so I think it's realistic that they would do that. Um, I don't, I don't think he necessarily had entitlement issues despite all of that. He had natural fears that anybody would have if, if they looked like him. I don't think he looked normal at all. He didn't look atrocious, but if you were to see that person on the street, they would catch your eye and you would look I, at them and realize. I don't know. To me, he was just like cute little Jacob Tremblay. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel that way. I thought that he looked like a cute little kid. So maybe I, I'm just, I don't know. Um, but I, I thought all, all of the actors did a, a pretty uh, strong job in this. Um, what I liked about the movie and I didn't expect is that it would be so much about the sister as well. I thought it would be just about the boy, mm -hmm. but it seemed like it was almost as much about her as it was about him. Um, and even other characters, it was about them as well. Each, like several different characters got their own little feature in the film. Um, so yeah, I think that only, well, I, I, this is what I thought before, but now I'm starting to change my mind. <laughs> only the most jaded person wouldn't like this movie, but I wouldn't consider you jaded and you'd <laughs> yeah I know what can I say uh I I don't know I just felt like I, I felt I don't know I wasn't that high on the book either so maybe I'm just the wrong audience and 
I just felt like every other character was more interesting than Augie. And that's a, that's a, a risk that you take having different narrators and that's a risk the book took. The book has even more narrators and I was just like, ugh. Um, the, the book has like the, the boyfriend has his whole own set of chapters. And, um, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a terrible person. So I, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about this movie. I get why other people love it though. So that's fine. But I have it at number 70 on my ranking. Okay. I have it at 42. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um, okay, so then we have the star. The star, I was not a big fan of. Um, the only thing that excites me about the star was that I got a, a, a local, I guess a local magazine, you might say, that published my review of the star. <laughs> so that was sort of exciting. Um, but uh, so this, I think, the, uh, I think the, let's hear you. Yeah. So I think the Mary and Joseph parts of this work really well. I think they're, they're, they're reverent, they're soft, they're moving, they work. I think good vocal performances from Gina Rodriguez and Zachary uh, Levi, great. It was a little distracting for me because I kept thinking of Flynn Rider. <laughs> Joseph Flynn Rider, but it was still good. They were very good. Those scenes really worked, but the animal stuff, eh, not a big fan. I thought it was just really, like, I don't know, all these, like, chases and pratfalls and jokes, and you've got, like, a twerking dove, and you've got, like, I just, uh, it was boring. It wasn't funny. I didn't like it, and I, I didn't think the animation was very good. I did think the music was pretty good. I liked the soundtrack quite a bit, if you like you know, Christmas carols and Christmas songs. That was good. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would rather watch like a Veggie Tales movie, to be honest, of the same story. Cause those are actually pretty funny and the jokes work. Uh, and this just, it was, it was like 10% nativity story and 90% lame, uh, animal road trip hijinks movie. And, <laughs> 10% Jesus story, like that. 90% didn't like that. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't in good conscience put this above the boss baby, which I really didn't like. And so I have this at 116. Okay. Um, I actually disagree. I, th I thought it was more 20%, um, Mary and Joseph, which is more than I expected. I thought they would take any opportunity to make this more mainstream and push the Mary and Joseph story to the side. I thought it was going to be a whole movie about these animals living in a barnyard and then Mary and Joseph come in at the last minute, um, which it followed them from the start, from where Mary finds out that she's going to be mm -hmm. having the Messiah. Yeah, it those followed, parts worked. That was good. Yeah. So I can't fault them for that. Um, I, I didn't think it was a good movie, though, regardless. Um, yeah, the animal stuff was a bit much. I did like Ruth, the sheep. She was one of the few animals that I liked. Yeah. Um, even though she, was, she wasn't even that important of a character. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this. 
Um, yeah, where did you rank it? I put it in 96. Yeah, so we're not that far off on it. Right. It's, it's not great. Like if you if you are looking for something to entertain your kids during the holidays, there's so many other better better films. Uh, but like direct, if this if this was direct to DVD, I might be a little more forgiving of it. The next is the Breadwinner. This is this actually comes out. I saw an early screener, so it comes out in uh, Utah on the first of December. Uh, but this was a beautiful film based on a book. Uh, and it's about this girl who is a Afghani and her family ends up, uh, her father gets arrested. And so they literally, like the women can't leave the house unescorted or, or, or they'll get like beaten and then like gets super intense. And so they have no men in the house. Like they, they have to get food and stuff. So what are they going to do? And so she basically like cuts her hair and disguises herself as a as a boy and so that she can sell things but then also uh go and get food and stuff <laughs> and uh and it, it is a loose adaptation of the book i have to say but i thought it was beautiful i thought because she also tells these sort of stories to entertain her uh siblings and her mom is like super depressed and and a bedridden basically goes with her depression. And so there's all these like really emotional moments and the, but then there's also these fantasy moments of these stories that she tells and they were beautiful. The animation is stunning. It also has a female director. It's one of those ones I was telling you about. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And I, I thought I ended up putting the, I ended up putting the breadwinner at 14. Okay. Yeah, it the only like issue I have with it is they kept it from being top ten is because sometimes this meshing of the fantasy and the real life wasn't perfect. Uh, it was a little jarring, but um, other than that, it was great. And I did a podcast with my friend Conrado on this film that you guys should check out if you're interested. Um, and we did heavy coverage of it over at rotoscopers.com, which I was really proud of. Um, so you want to check that out too. Um, okay. So next we have Coco and I was a little nervous about this because the trailers were not very good and they did a pretty terrible job marketing this movie in my opinion, but I ended up loving it. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was visually stunning. I thought the story had such heart, but it was also funny. And I, I actually like bought the, like, I guess the twist that they have. It wasn't like, super original but like I, I I was okay with it and I liked all of the characters and I thought that Hector was an amazing character and I I wasn't like because people were like you're gonna bawl your eyes out and I'm like two-thirds of the movie I'm like I'm not crying yet what's, what's people crazy <laughs> and uh and then oh my gosh there's like a certain moment where I was like boom I'm like crying <laughs> so which good. moment that is <laughs> what's that I bet I know which moment that yeah, is. Yeah, I bet you do too. And I just, I thought it was great. I loved it. I loved the characters. I loved the music. Remember me. Oh, so good. I learned a lot. I didn't know all this about the Day of the Dead, even though I've seen Book of Life, which it has literally almost nothing to do with Book of Life, which is so ridiculous because like, it's totally different story than the Book of Life just has to have a similar setting. And... Yeah, I thought it was just great. Amazing. I love it. 
I think it's so good. And I have it at number one. It's the best movie I've seen this year. Yep. Wow. I loved it. I actually have this at number 100. No, I'm kidding. I'm (laughs) kidding. No, no, I really enjoyed this movie as well. And I told you it would be good. You you were skeptical, but I was like, it's going to be good. You did. This is true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought visually is great. It didn't remind me too much of Book of Life, which that was my concern that I had talked about with our preview podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Music was great. The music in the film was great. I thought, um, really, there's nothing not to like about it. Um, so it definitely ranks high for me. I put it at number 12 for the year. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, okay, yeah, so the last one is The Man Who Invented Christmas, and this movie is, like, completely in my wheelhouse of stuff I like. It's British. It's about Christmas Carol, which I love Christmas Carol. I did, on my blog, I, in 2014, I did an entire month just devoted to Christmas Carol. I watched over 30 versions, and so I, I thought, and I thought and they said Christopher Plummer and Dan Stevens, and and I really liked it. I thought it was super fun. I thought it was very entertaining. I liked sort of getting in the head of Charles Dickens and like also sort of his backstory about uh, his father and his, his work in the, in the factory and him trying to figure out kind of how to write this book under the short time and dealing with all this stuff. And I just really liked it. I thought it was very entertaining. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a good movie. Um, unlike Goodbye, Christopher Robin, I didn't feel like this is a story that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still did a pretty good job with it. They had some interesting techniques with having the characters kind of follow him around. Um, so it was good. It did make me a little bit sleepy at times. Okay. Um, I may have dozed off for like a couple of minutes. Interesting, but, okay. Uh, still, overall, it was pretty good movie and it's uh great for people like you <laughs> yes like i said if i'm going off of like the best movies i wouldn't rank it this high this is just off my favorites and this is totally a movie that i could imagine watching every year i'm totally gonna buy it on blu-ray and so that has to count for something and i have it at number 11 i really liked it it was just very entertaining and something that i really enjoyed so yeah, I have it at eleven. Nice. I have it at seventy-six. Okay. So so you would have that so that's fresh though. That's smile. Right? Um I you were breaking up so oh, I can catch your So so that would be smile worthy for you? Yes, it would be. Yeah, it's a C for me. Okay. Good. All right. I can understand. And so that's it. We did it. We got through it. Woo! That was, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. And you're amazing. I don't know how you watched so many in such a short time. You're incredible. Yeah, and most of them were in the past month. I know. You, that was very impressive. So great job. Thank you so much. And uh, so how can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter, the David Healy. Um, you can also find me on Facebook and Film Freaks. Um, I think the name is facebook.com slash 
film freaks group. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, definitely join that group. It's a lot of fun and we will be getting together sometime and it's, it's a crazy time in during this time of year, we'll be getting together sometime uh, to talk about winter movies. Uh, and um, so we'll let you know when that's going to happen. And uh, you can find me at smiling LDS on social media and at 54 Disney reviews on my blog. I'll put on a link down to the blog in the description section. If you want to check out something like my wonder review and uh, three billboards review, you want to read all my controversial opinions, uh, check it out on there. And uh, so thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And, and there were uh, quite a few really fun movies this, this fall. I so. agree. Okay, great. Well, we will talk again soon.